Hey, sister queens, what is up? What is happening? How are all the things? Listen, if you've been here a while, welcome back. If you are new here, welcome to the kingdom, sis. We are so happy to have you here. So go ahead, kick back, relax, stay a while. And if you are wondering who I am, I am Shirley Hubbard, aka Cheryl, creator of Shades of Strong, the global movement where we are working diligently to dismantle the myths and the stereotypes of the strong black woman by creating safe and sacred spaces for black women to uncape, unmask, and unhide so that they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them. In other words, we are doing our part to help heal a black female nation and I am beyond stoked that you are a part of the journey. So listen, today's episode is a little different. I say it's a little different because it wasn't originally intended to be a podcast episode, but it was just too good not to share. So here I am. A few of my homegirls and I got together to talk about what happens when little black girls are socialized to be strong. And in this episode, we share bits and pieces of our individual journeys. We talked about how parents, ourselves included, unconsciously fall into the behavior of socializing girls to be strong. And we also made some mention of how our parents unknowingly did that when they were raising us as well. And then, of course, we talked about the mental and the emotional repercussions of encouraging our girls to be strong without even knowing that that is what we're doing. So, and then, of course, we talked about how we could start doing things differently. Listen, this conversation is so good. We talked about so many things from various perspectives. So, but yeah, anyway, before I start the episode, I do want to advise you that there are some portions of this episode that make mention of child sexual abuse. And I do realize that that subject may be triggering for some of our listeners. So if that's you, please proceed with caution. And of course, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So hit us up on your favorite social media platform. We are Shades of Strong everywhere. You can send us a message. We are hi at shadesofstrong.com. Hit us up on our website, shadesofstrong.com. Y'all know what to do. Y'all been around y'all been around a while. Y'all know how we get down over here. Shades of Strong everywhere. Shadesofstrong.com. Hi at Shades of Strong. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about the episode. Let us know if you have a situation where perhaps your parent unknowingly forced you into the role of being strong or where you may be possibly doing that with your own children. So yeah, all the things y'all know what to do. Hit us up. Let's talk about it. Let's keep the conversation going. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about the socialization of black girls to be strong because strong black women didn't just magically appear. They were little black girls that grew up to be strong black women. So we want to talk about that a little bit. But before we talk about it, the first question that I have is when y'all hear the word strong black woman, what's the first thing that comes up for you? For me, it's anxiety because it's so much weight to the strong, strong black woman. Like we're expected to do so much, be so much for everybody while we're just drowning. Every time I hear it, it's just like, it makes me anxious because it's like, I don't, I don't want to be the strong black woman anymore. Right. What about you, Lakeisha? You were about to say something. I was thinking of performance. When you have this strong mantle, this weight on your back, I think we perform a lot for others. At least I can only speak in my experience. It showed up in performance-based things and not my authentic feelings, authentic self. Right. So I guess the next question that I have is based on the myths and the stereotypes of the strong Black woman, do you all think that we are conditioning little black girls to be strong in a way that aligns with the myths and the stereotypes of the strong black woman and if, if your answer is yes what does that look like to me yes I feel like it looks different for each of us mm-hmm. I feel like it can be like in the same ways as well like for me it was like my mom I, I would always see her always not 
have control of her emotions or Mm -hmm. really allowed to express her emotions. And Mm -hmm. I just saw how it really has taken over her life. And I I guess like she taught me to be the same way, not being able to express my emotions. And I feel like that's a really big thing with being a strong Black woman. We're never really taught to express our emotions and really just be open and honest. That's a really big problem. Black mothers and Black daughters really need to have better conversations growing up. I feel like there were so many things me and my mom really didn't talk about. There were so many things that were hushed in our family. And I'm just like, I don't feel like that's real strength. We feel like strength is keeping everything in. What happens in this house stays in this house. Right. It's just, I feel like it's more of a destroying mechanism than it is healing. It's not healing us to keep all that stuff in. Mm. Right. Two snacks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Did y'all want to add anything to that? Yeah. I just remember watching my mom and to a certain degree, my grandmothers, they both passed away when I was, before I was five years old, but I remember both of them. One of them was very silent and sweet and just kind of just went with the flow, it seemed. And the other was very sweet, but also very just straightforward and very direct and would speak up to a degree. My mom, her mother was the one that was the silent and sweet one. And I remember some of the things that that she went through and she just survived them and, you know, and my mom did a lot of the same thing. She just survived. Much like Jasmine was saying, I don't recall her ever saying anything about how she was feeling. I'm an only child and it was just the two of us after my father died and I was 11 and yeah, why is she going to talk to her kid about that stuff, right? But the thing that I learned from that was you just, you buck up and you just keep going, you know, stiff upper lip. And I remember people talking about my mom and talking about how strong she was. Mm. And people have levied that at me. Oh my gosh, you're so strong. And on the inside, I feel like I'm crumbling. Mm. And when Shirley said, when someone brings up that term, what does it mean? What, What comes up for you? What comes up for me is pain. Mm-hmm. And the inability to express it, the inability to say I need help right. um, or that I'm hurting because no one expects you to say that right. because that's not wow. what the strong Black woman does. Right. She's got it all together right. and she can just, just take a licking and keep on ticking. And they know that you're taking lickings and they're okay with watching mm-hmm. you take lickings mm-hmm. because that's what strong Black women do. And it's just very... It's, it's very, very harmful. It's been very harmful for me personally. It's why I'm on blood pressure medication. Wow. It's why I have pains in my chest and things. And I have to, oh, wait, I've got to go to the doctor and see about these things. I have the pains It's in the just chest not too. it. Yeah. It, it was, so when you said anxiety, like, whoa. So yeah, I don't know if, um, I, I know for a fact that that isn't what real strength is. And when you feel real strength and you exhibit real strength, people don't ever have to go on and on about how strong you are. They come to you maybe for support or they come to you for advice or they say, I'm going to talk to Madeline because she might know what to do or, or just something like that. But they're not ever going to say, oh yeah, you're, you're the strong one because when you're really exhibiting the, you know, true fortitude but the fortitude and the will to survive and the Mm. will to find ways to thrive in addition to just surviving people don't say that kind of stuff to you anymore they're saying different kinds of things because they start to see your humanity a little bit more Mm. i think that term robs us has robbed us in a lot of ways of our humanity because we've become a trope we're just a big trope that people can either put up on a pedestal or throw things at Oh, woo. You, you just said, said a lot. Okay, yeah, you snapped. <laughs> yes. Yes. She just said it all. And it's woo. so true. Did you want to add something to that, Lakeisha? When 
uh, Jasmine was talking, I'm just going to piggyback off of Jasmine Maddie, just about being, the thing that came up to me was you're, you're as sick as your secret. That's literally all what I was going to speak out. Maddie like hit on it all because I'm just thinking, and Jasmine hit on it all too, is that literally the Black family we have been told this stays in here. Don't take it out. We don't tell our business mm -hmm. to other people. We don't mm -hmm. do that. And so all I kept thinking as as you were saying all this is we are sick as our sneakers. And then Maddie brought up blood pressure. You know, it's just like I've I've held so much that is now manifesting in right. my body. Right. Because right? right. when you hold things and you don't let it out it's going to just manifest and grow inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so we be, we're becoming sick, okay? Right. Physically, mentally, emotionally. I wanted to add something. Go ahead. I, I don't think we talk much about the physical pain. Like, I'm so glad that this yeah. has been brought up in the conversation because a lot of times when we talk about mental health, we think it's all in the mind, mm -hmm. and it really mm -hmm. does manifest in the body like I don't deal with high blood pressure but I deal with aches and pains and I know it's stress related because there are times when I, I do try to self-care and I, I feel like I feel better but then when I'm like really stressed out the pain is just like worse and I'm like I, I didn't know about this growing up and I, I remember um my dad he died in 2019 and like on his deathbed he told me because he, he knew I stressed out all the time he's like if you don't get yourself together, you're going to be in the hospital just like me. He's like, stress mm -hmm. can kill you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I always think about that now when I stress out because I'm like, I, I do have to take care of myself because he, he's right. High blood pressure can kill you. Yeah. When you yeah. have mental health issues and all that stress and stuff, uh, you're more prone to stroke. It really can kill you. And I really don't talk about my pain much like my physical pain. This conversation is kind of like healing for me, just hearing other stories about like, yeah, y'all deal with it too. It's just like, I feel less alone now. Right, mm -hmm. and that's so mm -hmm. true, because I know for at least the last two or three months, my body has been aching. Me and too. Oh, like girl. I have been, and I, you know, too. and I have been taking like pain meds, mm -hmm. you know, trying to get some type of relief, but no matter what I take, nothing works. I sleep with my legs propped up. I sleep with pillows. I sleep with pit pillows like underneath my knees trying to just trying to get some type of relief I literally hurt when I walk and I mm -hmm. what I've been doing yeah. is contributing to you know myself aging but if I'm really honest about it there has been so much trauma in mm -hmm. the last yeah. few months year there there's just been so much trauma and I feel like for me, I think that it's all coming to a head now. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah that's exactly. In so many different ways in my life. Let me, I'm gonna tell y'all a story and then we're gonna move on. Now, let me tell y'all how bad it is for me right now. I literally obsess over the parking space in our apartment, in our apartment building. Like I am constantly just watching, seeing who's parking because I don't want them parking in front of our apartment building. And when I tell you I mm -hmm. obsess over it, like I'm in that window all day. I go to bed thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. Like when I leave and come back, the whole thing is on my mind. Nobody better be parked over there. We don't have no assigned parking or nothing like that. But that is my trauma manifesting because I am looking for something in my life that, that I can control you because can control. everything else seems so out of control for me. And if mm. you notice, that's why mm. you'll see me one day, my hair will be long and the next day I'll cut it because I feel like I can control that. And so mm. it'll be this length and then the next time I'll go to the barbershop and I'll shave it all off. And then you'll see me with a wig on because I'm still looking for something that I can control. And that's what happens when we don't deal with the trauma mm. that's going on in our that's lives. It, it just manifests that's itself it. in so many that's different it. ways. And that's that physical pain, emotional pain. And like Jasmine yeah. said, we don't talk enough about the physical pain of it. And the gag is a lot of this is not stuff that we attained in this lifetime. A lot of it is stuff that has been passed down to us from mm -hmm. generation to generation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Generational trauma is a real thing. It is uh, a real yes, thing. Yes, it, it is. It absolutely is. And I, and that's really what the direction that I wanted this conversation to go in, because when I was thinking about socializing Black girls to be strong, I thought about myself as a parent. I took some notes, y'all. 
<laughs> and so these are the things that I found myself guilty of as a parent. My children are all adults now. But one of the things that I found that I was guilty of was gender, gender-based chores. And I can remember having my girls, I only had one boy. I can remember having my girls do all the cooking and the cleaning. And my son didn't have to do those things. He had to like take out the trash. So while I'm at work, the girls are at home getting dinner ready, cooking and cleaning. And so I realized when I was thinking about this topic is, yeah, I'm telling them that they are like unconsciously telling them that you are responsible for doing all the things while your brother is here chilling and relaxing and playing video games and all that. And I think we don't realize how that how that how that message comes over to our children because now they're growing up thinking you know I got to come home I got to cook I got to clean I got to do all the things but I taught them that because mm. this is what I told them to do now and when I when it was happening I did not realize how damaging it was in that moment but in hindsight I'm thinking like okay so you just gonna let him get out of school chill on his video game while the girls in there cooking and cleaning and vacuuming and stuff that's what I taught them. And so that is a part of the whole strong black woman thing. That's why we feel like we have to do all the things. That's why we feel like we, we constantly have to be serving other people because that's what we were taught to do. That's what we were taught to do. Right. Serve everyone but ourselves. Mm-hmm. Take care mm-hmm. of everyone but ourselves. Absolutely. And if, you, if we really want to think about where all of this is coming from, if you've done any history on slavery, Mm-hmm. It was, we as Black women have been carrying the load of life forever. And mm-hmm. that's why now for me, I'm like, one of, for me, one of the major things that I do, I rest. I don't care mm-hmm. what needs to happen. I don't care how important it is. I don't care. It could be due today. And I feel like I need to rest. I'm resting, number yes. one. And uh, and what I realized, it's not even just like, socialized it's also things that we don't realize subconsciously that we're doing right so like Mm -hmm. i don't know about everyone else but like shirley and natty i know all of us are in the business space right so like i know a lot of us will see people who are like you there's no sleep like say no to sleep and like on all of these ridiculous toxic things that we do not, we, we get like the front end of it where it's like, oh yeah, don't do this and don't do that. But we don't really see the best. One of the biggest things I have learned in life is that every single person has an unfair advantage, right? Mm-hmm. And as black women, we are behind every single person. Black mm-hmm. men are the white women of black people. I've said that before. (laughs) Black women are behind every single person. So when you think about it, right, all of the unfair expectations on ourselves, like, oh, like, I want to be like Nancy because Nancy have a house and Nancy have this and Nancy have that. Meanwhile, Nancy, mom and dad done paid for her whole entire life. (laughs) Nancy just not telling you that, okay? Mm -hmm. And Nancy don't have the stress that you do. Nancy doesn't have the actual generational curses and traumas right. that you are dealing with mm-hmm. so right. for me now i don't care what it is i don't care who it is if i feel like i don't want to pick up my phone i am not picking up my phone i'm not texting back my answer is almost always no no and that's just it and how i raised my daughter to be different my kid is five now at the age of five you hear a lot of people talking about put your kid in preschool teach them how to read no I'm not doing none of that. My kid, no, she is smart. She's intelligent. And the thing is, like, a lot of times this strong Black woman trope is something that we are taught from a ver- very early age. When we look at our mothers breaking their back, making sure the house is clean, making sure the bills are paid. Meanwhile, the man is sitting on their ass doing nothing. So, like, they think, oh, the best, they think that, oh, well, I go out to work, so that's me providing. No, you're not providing. You're a leech. You're a leech. You're not doing anything. Like, you, if a woman (laughs) and a daughter were in the house, you you would still have to pay rent. You would still have to pay water bill, light bill, whatever bills would still need to get paid. Mm -hmm. So, you coming out of your face saying that you're providing, you're not. You're a leech. All of what you do, someone else can do and better. 
and I feel like for me, that's one of, like when it comes to like, I don't want to be strong. My strength is not tied to what I can do for you or Absolutely. how much yes, nonsense I can come through. Like that. Yes. Up. I'm strong because I am Trezel and I decide and I choose to be yeah. strong regardless of the traumas that I've experienced. Mm. I choose to take it and like turn it into something that's for my betterment. Mm -hmm. But my betterment is not tied to what I could do to be for you. So like, and that's what I'm teaching my kid too. Like you have to learn to be assertive. Even the whole, the chore situation, I had a whole argument in like a parenting group about it where they're talking about at an early age, you have to teach your child to do chores. My child is not a slave. If you put something on the floor or you did something that needs to get picked up, I will show you how to do it. And my kid is very independent. Like when I tell you she's independent, she thinks she's a grown woman. Mm -hmm. So she tried to do everything for herself. No, I'm not about to put more load on you. For what? You're a child and we don't get to be children. Mm -hmm. And that's what Ooh. I read. Yes. Come on, women. girl. I yes. can say it. <laughs> I'm just we saying, we didn't get to be children. You're right. We didn't get to be children. You're right. And the crazy thing, one of the craziest things that I've ha I've noticed, okay, as women, we never got to be children. So a lot of us are very emotionally in. Um, we don't have emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. That makes us so susceptible to becoming the victims of narcissism because that's mm -hmm. how we were raised. We were yeah. raised to like make sure the house is clean, even if you don't feel good. Make sure this is done and that is done to appease someone else. So when we become mm -hmm. older in the place of our toxic parents become a toxic partner a toxic partner and we wonder why we we're sick you're sick and i mean y'all know shirley and nadia i'm pretty sure y'all remember that period of time where i was sick all the time and i mm -hmm. was sick because i had so much stress and anxiety what from just trying to do everything and be everything for what my mm -hmm. one of the best things my sister told me one time i remember i was stressing out at my old apartment because i couldn't pay rent and it was about to kick us out my sister said if you die tomorrow that bill's still gonna be there mm -hmm. and that opened my eyes so much she's like you're stressing yourself out about something that you that's outside of your control Mm -hmm. So while you're stressing yourself out, you're aging yourself, you're getting yourself sick. You're just making shit worse for yourself when you could just breathe and leave, leave it be. Because at the end of the day, that's, it is what it is. We can only do what we can do. A lot of times we re-traumatize ourselves by trying to make sure that we are like our mom or we're like this person that we look up to when most mm -hmm. times, Bro, we have so much on our back. It's like trying to walk with all of this luggage. You have no direction. You have no help. You have no support. And you're killing yourself trying to pick up more baggage instead of letting go of what you have and trying to figure out what makes you happy, what makes you strong, what makes you feel joy for yourself. That's absolutely right. Like I'm one thing that I'm I'm noticing <laughs> about my about my my kids is they're not, they're not moving the way I moved as a kid. And I'm very, very happy to see that. For instance, my eight-year-old, she'll be nine at the end of this month. She's a Taurus and her dad is also a Taurus. And she steps to us both. She'll give it to my husband as well as she'll give it to me. And she'll <laughs> be like, mommy, what you just said to me, it was just very aggressive and, and it, oh, yeah. it didn't make me feel I good. And daddy, you, you said that and it hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like oh, you're, you're, you're coming down on me and you're expecting so much of me. And, and, da, 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 da. and, and this is usually because she doesn't want to do a certain chore, right? And usually mm -hmm. her chores involve one thing, picking up messes that she made. But sometimes she don't want to do it. I also am learning how to mother differently. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, not raising my voice and I'm not doing the things that you know we were taught as strong black moms to do. Because yeah, she has no hesitation in calling us both out. And I am so, I'm so proud of her. My, my 13 year old is a lot quieter. She's very much like me. She's very, very quiet. 
but she's also, she's a flaming feminist, man. Like she just like, she loves, like she and her, her brother, my, my 15 year old, they both love video games. And she's been seeing like, there are some video games that she loves playing. They're, they're both big time gamers. And she is always just like, I don't, don't understand why the female characters in this game always have to look like this. How come they don't always, they're always half clothed. They don't have full clothes on. What is that? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And she's like upset about it. And she didn't need somebody else, like some adult right. to tell her. Right. But I think what, when I get discouraged, when I get down and discouraged about, oh, you're not really doing a great job as a mom. I remember that they are also watching me rest a lot more now. Like Trizel was saying, they are watching me speak up for myself more. They've been watching me do that for the last few years. And I guess seeing me do that has modeled something positive for them because now they are also doing that. Like my eight-year-old is extremely sensitive and she has a lot of issues with anxiety, but she will not hesitate to speak up and say, "Um, no, you're talking to me with this tone, you're, this is very obnoxious and very aggressive. Or she, I've heard yeah. her say that to her siblings. She's like, no, I, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is how we break all of this stuff. She's doing exactly. stuff that I didn't have the courage to do when I was younger. A younger you adult to. is what yes, I'm talking about. We knew not to as a kid. And as a younger yes. adult, it's like, oh, if I don't do it, it won't get done. But the fact of the matter is, I'm in enough physical pain now, I'm not cooking anything. I haven't been cooking dinner. My husband cooks dinner. My kids cook dinner. That's, that's it. They cook dinner. And, and then my husband's like, well, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. Y'all need to decide. Y'all need to figure it out. And then it needs to be fixed. The most that I've been doing for the last, since the pandemic started especially, is going to the store and getting stuff. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not not doing it. I don't have the physical energy or strength to do that stuff right now. And it's like Trizelle said, we've been trained to become the mothers for these grown men. And the fact of the matter is, it's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you go, you work a job, you make the money, you bring it home. But I'm still the one paying the bills. I'm still the one making sure the stuff gets paid on. If I weren't here, who would do it? If I weren't here, who would cook, you know, and, and... Thankfully, I've noticed a lot of really big changes in my husband, but also I think it's been a lot since I have learned to take better care of myself. I'm taking mm-hmm. care of better care of myself and I'm advocating for myself more. That's and so true. now my kids are also seeing that and they're also following suit. And now that's also rubbing off on my husband because he'll say things sometimes that I don't think he ever would have said before, you know, before like, he said, what happened to your jeans? And, you know, I'm an artist, so I got some ink on my jeans. And, and I was like, oh, this, there's some ink. I don't know if it's permanent ink. It's probably not going to wash out. And he was like, why don't you go buy some more jeans? Just go buy some more jeans. And I'm like, I mean, I don't want to spend money on that. But he's like, go get you, get you some clothes that you want. Because also, the strong Black woman, we put everybody else's needs right. ahead of our own. So yeah, something exactly, as simple yeah. as another pair of jeans, I'm like, oh, well, no, that's not really a priority. I'm not going to do that right now. So now I'm like, I think the way we treat ourselves and the way we break away from this trope and start to take better care of ourselves, that, that dictates how everyone around us sees us and begins to treat us. I feel like the whole, we are not our ancestors. My kid bodies that because she do not play. She will, she's the first one to say, I do not like how you just spoke to me. And she says it to everyone. Like, I remember growing up, I used to be afraid of my uncles. My daughter do not care. Like, if they talk to her in a way she does not like, she will tell them. She will literally stand in front of them and look them dead in their face and say, I do not like how you just spoke to me. As it should be. When we were growing up, that that was considered disrespectful. Disrespectful. And And what that did was, it it, it silenced them. And so they didn't learn how to speak up for themselves. They didn't feel like they had permission to use their voices. People don't understand the relationship or often don't understand the relationship that I have with my children because the way my mom raised me is completely different from the the way, not the way, the way that I raised my children, but as they became older, because in the beginning, I raised them just like my mom raised me. But as they became older, I gave them more freedom 
to voice how they were feeling about the things. And so as, as they began to speak up, oftentimes people will view that as, oh, you, you're saying that to your mom, you're, allow, you're allowing them to speak to you in that way. I'm allowing them to stand up for themselves. And if you feel, mm -hmm. if you feel like mom has said something or did something that you didn't agree with, or she said it in a tone that she would have slapped you for saying, <laughs> if you said it to her, then you have permission. Yeah to say mom i don't like it like like my my daughter amber she's so good about it she'll tell me mom i don't like the way you said you said that to me and she's in, she's in her 20s and she has a right to say that she has a right to say that and even at three four or five years old i feel like children have a right to say i don't like yes that that to me or i don't do. like the way that made me feel they have a right to say that because they, when that's we don't exactly give right. them permission to do that then they learn to keep things bottled up. And believe it or not, that is also how our little girls end up getting sexually abused. Because then- Exactly. We That's exactly how it happens. That's exactly how it happens. Domestic violence. Yes. yes. Yeah, or yes. domestic violence, yeah. I literally made a TikTok about this the other day. I was just like, I, I am willing to bet you money that women who were abused as children become they either become really horrible abusers with anger issues and all of that stuff or they get into relationship with narcissists who mentally physically abuse them and it's like a repeated cycle of like failure yeah exactly and that's the thing that's one of the things that like me as a parent i i had to realize which is why i changed my entire parenting style a lot of the reasons why we're it's easy for us to be abusive to other people it's like reactive abuse the reason why it's easy for us to be like that is because one we become adults with trauma yes but mentally we're still abusing ourselves we're still not giving ourselves permission to be loved by ourselves or to be cared by ourselves so like we just literally mirror what's inside of us outside and the crazy thing to me is a lot of people want to do like this huge thing between like children and adults like you know like there's a huge barrier there's a huge difference between at the end of the day we're all human beings and if you wouldn't go to your partner and slap your partner because they spilled some milk you would look at it as oh my goodness that's just an accident or something right why would you do it to your child mm -hmm. right right jasmine you were going to say something go ahead i feel like we're always called angry but we yeah. never like black women never get to say why we are angry okay we never get to say Girl. why we're angry. and i want to touch on y'all just talked about sexual abuse i was molested by my brother when i was like six years old and, and I, I i told my mom when it happened like i I knew what happened and didn't feel right. And I was just like, I told her like, hey, the way he's kissing me, the way he's touching me, it, it doesn't feel right. And like nothing was really done about it. And we finally had a conversation about it like last year. And, you know, I, I told her, I'm like, you know, a lot of the reasons why I have anger issues, why I've been so angry, because I could be I've changed a lot over the years, but I would be like very argumentative with people when I, or like I try to get my point across and it's not coming across like I thought, like I would get very angry and it would just come off like, like people are like, cause I'm usually a very level-headed person. And it's like, when I get angry, they're like, why are you acting like this? Why are you so angry all the time? And it's like, I, I've never been allowed to really express my emotions Mm -hmm. and say what's going on with me it's like when i told my mom what happened like my brother had issues he was in and out of counseling since i was really young and it's like i i told them what happened in front of the counselor and i, I think when you do something like that something is supposed to happen by law exactly. and nothing happened mm -hmm. so it, it continued like he got sneakier he would do like different things like try to watch me get undressed and stuff, maybe not touch me, but like, it was still molestation, abuse. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, when I talked to my mom about it last year and I told her, I'm like, well, you, you remember what happened to me as a child? She kind of tried to deny it, but she was like, you know, your, your grandmother, she told me something once. She's like, 
I don't like the way that he's touching her. And this happened before I told her what he had done to me. Mm. And so I kind of, mm. I was like, I, I didn't really kind of piece that together during the conversation, but I'm like, wait a minute, you knew this before it happened. And she was like, well, I watched him for a couple of weeks and I really didn't see him do anything. So I just kind of let it go. But I'm like, you know, I told you something about it and we were in front of the counselor and she denied it. She was like, I don't remember mm. that. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I know you're lying. You have to remember. So I'm like, I felt all this time she was protecting him and I was the one that was not protected. Wow. And that made me even more angry. And, and, yeah. and it's like, I try, I'm in therapy and everything and I'm trying to, to confront my anger because there are times I, I, I've been angry at people and I've been out of line and it's okay to admit that because if you don't admit those kind of things, you're, you're never going to grow from it. But I had to realize, like, where was it coming from? My mom was always angry, too. And her dad was always angry, too. So it's like that generational trauma thing and not talking about things and families. It's like you grow up and you have all these things bottled inside. And now I'm angry. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't really like to talk about it sometimes because we were always labeled the angry black woman, but it's like, oh, damn, I have a right to be angry. Right. Yes. You do. Right. You like, it's do. not okay for me to take it out on other people. And that's why I'm in therapy, but I do have a right to be angry. Uh, yeah. You have every right. Yeah. You have every right. Yeah, every right. Every right. It's, you have every right to be upset about your mother not protecting you, failing mm -hmm. to protect you. Mm -hmm. You have every right to be angry about her defending, basically defending your brother. Mm -hmm. You have every right to be angry about finding out that she knew because her own mother told her, hey, I see it. I'm clocking this. I don't like it. And she still didn't do anything. You have every right to be angry about all of that. And you have every right to be angry at your brother. I don't know what kinds of issues he's having that he would do something like that to his sister. But that was your mother's responsibility, your mother and father's responsibility to see to him, to tend to him so he could get the help that he needed. It was Absolutely. not your responsibility Absolutely. to be the receptacle for whatever issues he was having. Exactly. That is not, you're not anyone's property and you're not, you're not anyone's Toys. You're not anyone's object of violence or, or like punching bag or just, and that's kind of what we do as these, as, as so-called strong black women. We're seen as like the receptacles for everything awful. And we're expected to be, we are expected to be silent about it. We're expected yep. to put on a happy face and put mm -hmm. a smile on our face mm -hmm. and keep going. And oh. then everyone pats us on the back and, and congratulates oh, so us for being yeah. so strong but they never actually support us. And the minute they get the chance, they will throw us under the bus. Exactly. Because we don't ever, we're not taught to speak up for ourselves. So we don't. And the minute we start to, like Jasmine was saying, uh, yeah, I'm angry, but I, it's because I haven't, I haven't been able to say why. Right. But the minute we start saying why, and the minute we start speaking up for ourselves, then it becomes something, it's not even always just angry, is it? It's, it's uppity, or it's, uh, it's, it's demanding, or, or, you're, or you're bitter, or, or you think you're better than everyone else, or you think you can order people around, or all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. It's never just, hey, this is a human being who has had a lot of harm visited upon them. Mm. And as someone who has had the harm visited upon me and I was able to express my anger over it, they should be able to do the same thing. Absolutely. That's what I mean about our humanity not being seen. When you see yep. someone in their full humanity, yeah. you expect any, any range of emotions for them because that's what human beings do. So how many people told me that I have to forgive my brother when I, when I said, like, you are, you are one of the first people who have told me that I can be angry at my brother. And, and that's you can really, be. You absolutely you can. Can. It's really sad. And, and I feel like that's another reason I'm so angry because it's like, we're, we're not allowed to, why, why are we not allowed to be angry? We and are. It's like, I feel like, I give yourself permission to be angry. It's okay to be angry. Listen, 
one of the most freeing thing you can do for yourself is to allow yourself to feel how you feel. It does feel not whatever you have to say, because at the end of the day, let me tell you, I'm be dead ass with you. Okay. 95% of people in your position would crumble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They would crumble. And I'm speaking from experience. I was molested when I was a kid multiple times by multiple different people. Everywhere I went, it was like the cool thing. Like I was that person. So trust me when I tell you, it's okay for you to be mad. If they have a problem with you being mad, that just speaks on their character. That has nothing to do with Absolutely. you. We have to free ourselves from being tied to other people's opinions because that's what's going to kill you. People, a lot of people do not care. And I feel like once we actually start to think about things that way, we'll, you can see a clear difference between the people who have empathy and compassion and the people who are only caring about themselves. They're only caring about their ego. Most people, when, you, when they see Black women speak up for themselves their ego get hurt that's what their it is. ego gets threatened yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. nothing to do with you and everything to to do with them so i'm telling yeah. you tomorrow morning when you wake up if you decide that you want to be angry be angry curse everybody out because mm -hmm. at the end of the day i'm like listen i don't now i have changed so much because i've realized that like, even with, like, how my childhood, I had a very horrible childhood. It, it, it matters, but at the end of the day, that does not take away from what happened to me. None of that, none of that knowledge eases the pain or the anger or the stress or the anxiety that I feel. I can't tell my brain, okay, well, if someone flings at you, they're not going to hit you. It could be that they're just trying to fix your hair or something. I can't. Regardless if I tell my brain that, I'm always going to react because the residue of that trauma is still there. And I'm telling you, free yourself. I feel like the thing that I'm hearing is what's in my spirit is the word intuition. And for just a little while, I've just been thinking about how it's our parents, it was our parents' job to cultivate our intuition. And so... When we, what I hear from everybody's story is the word intuition. Jasmine had an intuition about the feeling that she was having. She right. told somebody about it. She, your daughter, Natty, you were talking about how she lets you know when she is not like, you're talking to me a certain type of way. That's her intuition. And for so long, I'm just now learning to listen to that intuition. And I'm 37. So what we have to give our daughters Give them the intuition. Allow them to mm -hmm. have exactly. If you're feeling some type of way, baby, tell me why mm -hmm. you're feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. What is that hunch? Yes. What is that in your gut? What is that, yes. baby? Tell me. Tell me more about that. That feeling, baby. Mm -hmm. Tell me about. You said what? Now, baby, something's gonna happen. Okay, baby. I'm glad you brought that up. Instead of telling our kids to hush up, be quiet. You need to listen to me. Yes. Okay, yes. what I've been hearing and what I've been in my spirit, because I'm just now learning to get this, if I have children, if God wants me to have that, but what I want to pass down to mothers is you have to cultivate your child's intuition. Because right. if they do not learn it now, they're going to struggle with listening to themselves. They're going to listen to everybody else. Ooh, and not even yeah. know what their own voice sounds like. Yeah. I didn't Absolutely. even know what my voice sounded like until 36 years old. Yep. Everybody okay. else's voice was in yes. me. And it's our parents' job to cultivate that. It is. That's absolutely right. I'm about to throw my handkerchief cosign. Yes. Because, baby girl, listen, I am 10 years older than you, Lakeisha. And we are and just I didn't that. learn how to listen. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I was ignoring my body and not listening to it until two years ago. I had that intu intuitive yeah. knowledge, but a lot of times I ignored it. I yeah, always second-guessed myself yep. because I was taught not to trust myself. Yes. I also came this, I was, I was, I was molested too by my cousin. Mm. And it started out, the, molest, the molestation started out from him saying things to me, asking me, very uncomfortable questions. Mm -hmm. And I was 
six years old. I didn't know what he meant. The things that he was asking me, I didn't know what those things meant. Mm-hmm. But he, I remember even as a six-year-old not understanding him saying, no, nah, never mind, forget it. I remember it like Jasmine said, it felt weird. Mm-hmm. It, it felt weird and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And then the next time it happened, he didn't touch me, but he tried to look at me. You know, you're playing a role, you're role playing and this thing. And mm-hmm. it's like he tried to look at, and again, it felt weird. It, it didn't feel right. And he didn't actually, oh, he didn't actually touch, but he, I know he looked and he saw and I felt weird. And unlike Jasmine, I never said anything to anybody. I didn't start to talk about it until this year because I was thinking about the other times that I had been sexually assaulted. And then I had to come to realize, wait, that was also sexual right. assault. Right. I didn't, it didn't even register in my head that that's what it was. But it was all, I always knew that's what it was because I always felt, I felt weird at the time. That was my body telling me, hey, yeah, this ain't right. No, no, the, don't, don't, don't let them do this. Say no. And so you're absolutely right. And I think the reason why we don't teach our children to cultivate this is because we're like me and it's like we're 45 years old and we're just now learning we got to cultivate it for ourselves. Exactly. So now that I've been beginning to cultivate, I think my kids are, are just observing and noticing mm-hmm. and it's like I tell my old, my oldest son is 24 and I tell him all the time now to trust his gut because he has a very strong gut instinct. And I tell him, even if, even if on the off chance that you're wrong, you'll still be glad you listened to yourself because nine times out of 10, you're not going to be wrong. Yep. Please know that. And we don't talk about molestation in detail enough because like what you're saying is blowing my mind because with the, the things that my brother did to me, like he never touched my private area, but he did other things that my mom, you know, when my, my mom, when I was a little girl, she's like, well, no, they're not supposed to touch you on your private parts, but they never explain inappropriate kissing, inappropriate if somebody is saying sexual things to you, like that is right. still molestation. And it's yes. like, when I told my mom and she really didn't take it serious, I didn't tell anybody else. And my dad, he didn't, my dad did not know. He lived away. Like my dad is from New Orleans and so am I. My mom is from Louisville, Kentucky. So we moved away when, when um, they divorced. And so like my, my dad wasn't even there to protect me. And for a while, it strained my relationship with my father. Like we, we were always close. He was always there for me, but I was very angry at him for a long time. And he, he, he didn't really understand why I was angry at him. Sometimes he would just be like, why are you treating me this way? And it's just like, it was hard for me to tell him. It's like, because one parent didn't take me serious enough, I'm like, well, why should I even? Right. Why should I? Right. The other parent, I'm like, well, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, he didn't touch me here, but y- you know, I'm like, you know, your intuition, and you know when something's weird. And it's like, I even had a conversation with my brother last year because you know, when 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 family dies, my my dad died in 2019. It's when all the crazy family stuff can come out sometimes and it was just me and him and I'm like you know a lot of the reasons why I've I've struggled with depression and anxiety and I didn't even find out I I struggled with PTSD until last year I'm like a lot of the reasons I deal with this stuff is because of you and things that you've done to me and I'm like do you remember some of the things and he didn't admit to everything but he did to he did admit to one thing and he's like well, is that why when I always try to give you a hug, you tense up? And I was like, I had no, I, I always knew that I never liked him hugging me, but I never realized that he realized that I tense up when, when he, mm. when he hugs me. And I'm like, he also I, knew you didn't like him yeah, hugging you. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, this whole time you knew that was a response to trauma. And mm-hmm. I honestly, a, a P, it's PTSD because I'm like I, I never really wanted him to touch me. I never 
really wanted to be alone around him. And, and, and it's just, it, it was, it was really hard for me. So I'm like, if we just would have talked more about the different ways somebody can molest you mm-hmm. from a young age, yeah. I probably would have spoken up a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if your mom would have, you know, if your mom would have listened to you, I think, and I think that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like we have so many people in our life shut that intuition door down mm-hmm. that we like we're bargaining with ourselves. Almost like you're like, oh no, it's not that. It's not no. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know our body knows. Our bodies our know. Knows, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And when you said Natty, trust yourself i'm thinking like man i have never tr- i trusted everybody else's word damn here everybody yes. else's feeling but mm-hmm. myself i'm somewhere right. looking for everybody else to just give me let, let me let me tell somebody my situation let me vent to them so they can tell me everything that i need to do no mm-hmm. you need to go within yourself lakeisha because lakeisha you have everything yep inside of you yeah. okay i have yeah. everything inside of me to do whatever it is that i need to do yeah. so i'm kind of looking outside of lakeisha yeah. to get the answers that i need that, that i can live the life that i need to live no that's right I, like, when we look outside of ourselves, we basically just taint who we really are it's like yes. it's kind of like how you know, like if a child is doing something that they like, right? Like if, if you want to, if we want to think about it in a very simple way, like if a child wants to take crayon and like draw all over the house, instead of a parent say, okay, well, here's a wall that I designated just for you to draw on. They're like, stop doing that. Leave that alone. Yada, 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 yada. Eventually it's, it starts to silence you. So then you get older and it's like, okay, well, I really don't even remember how I liked art when I was a kid because it wasn't something I was allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And on the point of like being like molested and stuff, I was four the first time it happened. I remember I like they say you don't form like like you're just starting to form memories around that time. But like I, the kid was 16 years old. I was four and it wasn't just touching. It was like almost damn near everything. Wow. And mm. I never told my mom, but like as a kid, I was a very troubled child. Like, but I was also going through so much. I was going through so much. I saw my like every few days my mom was getting her ass beat. I was by my I was between my mom and my um and my grand my paternal grandparents with my father living in the same house saying that he don't want me. So like I went through a lot as a kid and I used to misbehave. And instead of anyone taking the time to sit down and like really just like love me and basically listen to me, no one did. So like, even when I came to America as like an early teenager and stuff, it was the same thing. Like, it was like, no one actually cared about me or loved me. And it took me all of these years. It was like in 2019, I started talking to this dude and I realized it was kind of like, this huge realization that I've been looking outside of myself for love and acceptance that I would accept morsels from anyone. Like it was breadcrumbs. Like I would accept breadcrumbs from people just so I, just so I could feel connected. And I never, it was never something that was conscious for me. But the minute I I started to become conscious, I was just like, nah, this is a dub. Like I'm not doing this anymore. And it hurt. It hurts so much because once you start to realize, once you really start to like realize what's going on, a lot of sh- it's like opening up a dump of like shit and like everything just comes like flowing in and you're like, what the freaking hell? I cannot keep my, like, I can't keep my head straight. Like, I feel like I'm going crazy, but it really took me to like, 2019 to really realize the gravity of trauma that I have experienced and I kept going like I kept going where and it's like everyone's like like you know sometimes you'll talk like about just one basic story and people look at you like yo you know that shit is not normal right like this is not like you're talking about you're smiling but that's not normal And that was, like, basically, like, me in 2019, like, talking to a friend of mine about some shit I was going through. And she was like, girl, what? What? 
like no he's not so i remember i was talking to my friend and i was telling her like the stuff that i was going through with the situation with the guy and how much i love him and what he was doing to me and she's like you know they're not supposed to do that right like that's not like that's you know that's not healthy right and i was just like what do you mean like he loves me he said he loved me and I never in my life thought I would ever be in a situation like that where I was being emotionally abused because I always told myself, like, I wouldn't be, like, I would never allow myself to be physically abused, but never realizing that, like, right. abuse is just physical. Right. It's not just that, physical. It's not. And all of that stuff that I experienced and all of that trauma that I was going through, I was literally just like a blip, like, floating through life. So when you talk about being angry, when I tell you I understand that, like, I used to black on everybody, like, every single person. Like, so, like customer service call me, I call customer service, my phone is cut off, my internet is cut off, I'm not, like, whoever, they was getting it. So, like, that's why I say allow yourself to be angry, because if you don't allow yourself to be angry, you don't give yourself permission to be angry, you're just going to bottle it up and it's eating you on the inside and it's making you feel bad and it's making you feel worse and that's the conversations that i had to have with myself that's good stuff i just i just want to mention um the the part about about the moms because my daughter was also molested and and i can remember asking her why she didn't come to me and tell me what was going on with her and she looked me dead in my eyes and she said, and she said, mom, I did it for you. She said, I just wanted you to be happy. Mm -hmm. I did, you know, because I, I had just gotten married and she's like, I just wanted you to be happy. But what she didn't know was I was getting my ass beat on a regular basis by the same man that was, that was molesting her. But she didn't know that because I bucked up, you know. And I, and I, and I pushed mm -hmm. through, mm -hmm. she didn't know. She never saw me cry. She never saw me with bruises and stuff because I, I worked diligently to cover those things. And so while I was being physically abused, my daughter was being sexually abused because I made the decision to remain silent. And so a lot of times we as parents do that because we want to be strong. We don't share things. And I'm not saying you got to go and tell your kid everything that's going on in your life, but we do have to be open and honest with them. We do have to share things with them, them that impact our lives. And we have to give them permission to say a thing. Nobody gave me permission to say a thing. When I was growing yeah. up, it was like, what's, yeah. what happened in this yeah. house? Stayed in this house. Stop yeah. that crying yeah. or, I'll give you, or I'll give you something. Give you something to cry about. about. It was like, and so you, you felt, you never felt safe enough to say, this is happening to me. Because if I said, <sighs> then my mom may not believe me, number one, or, or either she's just going to say, shut up. Because that's what we do. And so mm. even when I'm, when like I said, all my children are adults now. But when I'm talking to my grandchildren, I am so very careful not to say, stop that crying. Why are you crying? Mm. Tell mm. me why yes. you're crying. What is going on? And sometimes they, they really don't need to be crying about the stuff they're crying about. But I open the door for them to say, Gigi, I'm, I'm crying because so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. And we work it out. And even at two years old, Autumn, she, she'll she tell me, I, I'm crying because McKinsey did this, or I'm crying because Jaden did that. I'm giving her permission to say, this is what they're doing to me. And it's, you know, kids are being kids, but this is what they're doing. But if I shut her down and say, just go on back in there and play, when things like this are happening to her, she's not going to come to me and tell me because I've made her feel unsafe. I've made her think that it's not okay to come to, to be honest about why I'm crying. So even at two years old, I am so very careful. And sometimes I just really do be wanting to say, girl, get out of here with that. But I always take a moment mm -hmm. to just breathe and say, hey, what's going on? Tell me, tell me what's wrong. And at two years old, she'll tell me what's wrong. And I do that for all, for all of them, even Mackenzie, she, she was so angry the other day because she had, she got mad with Jaden because they were playing Uno and, and she lost. And so she got mad. She just threw all the Uno cards on the floor. 
So mom leaves and say, when I get back, I want all those, I want all those Uno cards cleaned up. So she comes in and she's looking outside and I'm like, what's, what's wrong, Mackenzie? And she's just looking. I said, just tell me what's wrong. I need somebody come help me clean the Uno cards up. Now, normally, before I had done my work, I would have said, girl, if you don't get out here and clean the Uno cards up. But what I did was I asked her a question. How did the Uno cards get on the floor? Jaden won and I got mad. So she told me what was happening. And so what I told her, I said, when we do things like that, we are responsible for cleaning up behind ourselves. So no, Gigi's not going to come. Gigi's not going to come help you clean up the cars. You have to do that by yourself. But had I just said, girl, get out of here. That's telling her it's not safe. And so as parents, we think we're, you know, as we're moving forward and we want to break generational curses, I think that's what we need to do more of. Come from a, a place of love and understanding and openness and honest honesty and let our kids know that you can say a thing to me. It's okay. And that my, my happiness is not more important than your safety. You know? Your safety. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. My happiness is not more important than your safety. We those are the messages that, that we need to we need to give our kids. And like I was saying in the beginning of this conversation, we do those things unconsciously because of the because of the behaviors that we exhibit. To them, even even with with Autumn taking naps, she hates taking naps. But I try to turn it into a positive thing for her because I want her to know it's okay to take a nap. Because I just until a few years ago, I was of the of the belief that when once you get a certain age, you don't take naps no more. You just push on through the day. And so even at two years old, I am teaching her that naps are important. You need to come on and take a nap. So when you get up, you won't be frustrated, you won't be angry, you'll be ready to play again. You know, just trying to get her excited. It it's not working. She still cries. But you know, I just want her to know that it's okay if you if you need to take a nap. Naps are good. And so even with that, it's just the little things that we, you know, that happens in everyday life that we don't often think about. When we talk about, when we ask children, like when they're crying, why are you crying? One of the things that I'm learning and having people in my life to where you're giving them a voice, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're allowing them to be seen. You're saying, you're human. I, I see you and I hear you. I feel like a lot of Black women's uh, trauma is because we haven't been seen and heard. Yep. But then, but then to take it to another level is that when we do speak up, nobody knows how to sit with us in that pain. Let's just ask ourselves this big question. At your age as you have now, how many people can you count on your hand that can sit with you in the most horrible circumstances? Right? Okay. That's really what I want to say. I I hope that the mothers that listen to this will learn how to sit with their daughters, yes. with their sons, yes. in their pain. Yes. Not, not, not tell them they shouldn't have it, not tell them that they're trying to excuse it away. Mm -hmm. Learn how to sit beside your child yes. and on, walk with them through it, okay? Yes. That's all I got to say. We're going to get ready to wrap it up, but I want, do want to give who wants to have some closing words so jazz did you have anything and, and jess please tell us where we can download the safe place app and all that oh and jasmine oh jess you didn't even tell them about your comic book why are you telling about your comic book girl oh because i've been thinking really well with the conversation but the, i also though um yes. <laughs> we have a comic book that focuses on basically what's going on right now mm -hmm. with these racist police officers still killing us and stuff and how it really impacts the black community just seeing that stuff not just now but throughout history because like will smith said it's, it's just getting filmed more it didn't exactly. just stop exactly. it's always been going on so the comic book basically focuses on like why racial trauma impacts the black community in the ways it does and why we should be able to express how we feel because I feel like even during what's going on with all the racial injustices like a lot of people are still telling us we can't be mad like what, what, what right. say so it's right. like what the comic focuses on it's like this trauma that we feel is real is bad mm -hmm. and it's valid we we are at a point where we should be able to talk about it because like this generational thing where we just feel like 
we have to just hold everything in all the time and what happens in this house stays in this house mm-hmm. it's, it's killing us it's slowly mm-hmm. killing right. us right right yeah absolutely so yeah jasmine has jasmine is the creator of the safe place yeah. app you can download is it in it's in the apple store and android yeah um, apple and, and android okay and she just got interviewed well, i'm gonna tell all her stuff because she acting all shy <laughs> She just got interviewed by the New York Times for her app. Girl, has, for real. And Jasmine has made appearances on Good Morning America. She ain't even telling y'all Girl, all the stuff she you got. You sitting here trying to act like you. Yes. She's all like, no. Yes, Jasmine no, has done. She's like, doing she's not so telling much. nobody nothing. Girl, she just <laughs> doing so much work for the black community. And that's why you I want to have her on. Because she, she is legit oh, okay. out here doing stuff. Like, she is making a huge impact. And people are noticing, and like her face is just being everywhere right now. So if she don't want to pat herself on the back, I will do it for her, girl. You are doing the thing. We definitely going to do it. This is why I love black women because this is what hype you up, even when you don't feel like. Hey, okay. okay, girl. Oh, you you okay. always gonna get gas around here. We got you. Always gonna get yeah, gas. This girl, like this girl, <laughs> like she literally is. She's out here doing so many amazing things, and people are sitting up and they are taking notice. And that's not to say that, you know, the white people not coming for her because they are, you know, they coming for her, they get in the comments and they say things, you know, about her and stuff. But that's why she got us because we're going to hold her up. Yeah. And she's going to keep doing doing the work that she did because it is so needed. It's so needed in our community. And like she she literally is just beginning. I did. uh, She sent me a copy of the comic book. I implore you guys to grab it. It's on Amazon. It's a great conversation starter. Nala and I had a whole conversation about anxiety and depression because it talks about all those things. It's a great conversation starter. So go on Amazon and okay, yeah. Yeah. And, and I will be definitely downloading the app too. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just downloaded the app. Yes. Yeah, I'm about to do that too. Yes, 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 yes. So Thank anybody you. got any closing words before we before we wrap it up? just want to say I appreciate um, the three of you, uh, Jasmine and Lakeisha and and Trez, sharing your stories because I know that that is, um, I know it's not the easiest thing to do and those are very personal things. And it it takes a lot of bravery to share those things. Do want the three of you to know that you have a, a safe place with me. I'm not going to be putting your business out in the street and I'm not going to be judging you for anything. Like I am someone that listens and will sit with you if that's what you need. And I think that's exactly what we all need. Like this is this, this small form that we've had tonight is a form of community care. And if we can get to that point where we're doing a lot of community care and community mutual aid, we can take care of each other. We can help ourselves. We can help each other take care of ourselves. I, I can definitely vouch for um, Trez and Natty. They have, they have, you know, held space for me on so many um, different occasions. I know Natty and I have gotten on Zoom and, and we've cried together. And yeah, you you need that. Like you definitely need people that you can that you can feel safe safe with. And so I'm thankful that okay. I do have that in my life. All right, ladies, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us, honey. We appreciate you. Tress, Lakeisha, I'm so glad you guys were able to hop on. Good night. Good night, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.